I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 124. Psalm 124. Here again we have a few short verses starting in verse number one going to verse number eight. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us a prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now we have here a psalm of recognition a psalm of recognition what he recognizes is the Lord's help and the Lord's protection in fact what we see is his preservation and his protection and his power his provision his peace and his pavilion we see all of these things throughout this whole chapter in verses 1 through 5 he has a conditional thought and then a contemplated thought. Verses 1 and 2, we see the conditions. If it had not been. If, verse 2, it had not been. That is the condition of if. But we go look at verse 3. Then they had swallowed us up quick. Verse 4. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. Now, in computers, and I, uh, back in uh, the days of the... 19 late 1970s and uh, 80s and 90s and a little bit into early 2000s uh, program computers on the side especially back in the 80s and 90s when I taught in Christian school and needed to supplement my income and I did uh, light work during the school year and a lot of heavy things brand new full business packages put businesses online and uh, I learned a bunch of computer languages. And in those languages, they all had what were called conditional statements, if-then statements. And it gets complicated, but uh, we'll start out with the simple if statement, which simply says, if a condition exists, then do something. So uh, in a payroll program, if I was writing a payroll program, I would have a master file that program that I would write. In that master file program, when the operator ran it, 
it would allow her to enter the employee number, the employee's name and address and city, state, and zip and all those wonderful things and how many exemptions they're claiming and what their filing status is. You know, married filing jointly, uh, married house, joint of household, single, uh, those things that you can do in your taxes. In the program, when I would be trying to figure out uh, as they were putting in their hours or putting in their salary, the program would then look at the code for what their filing was, and I would have an if statement. If the code is M for married, then go to married taxes, and that would be a place in my program where I would then ask what their exemptions were, where I would then go to the right table to pull out the right tax that is to come out based on that year's tax tables. So the if if that if statement was not correct, then it would just dismiss that and it would look for what it is. Well, I would have another if statement under that if it's equal to S. And I would have one conditional statement for all the possible filing statuses you can have. And if they didn't put that in, then the next time would say go to and it take them back to where they have to enter it. Meaning they would have to put in one. They could make a mistake and put an S instead of an M. But they could never make the mistake of putting in something that wasn't a legitimate tax deduction. I would force the issue through that because they never met any of the if statements. And so when we look at this over here, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say. And then he repeats it again because it's so significant. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us then this is what would have happened. If God had not done what he did, this would have happened. But it didn't happen because God showed up. I love that thought. God showed up and it didn't happen. Here's what could have happened if it wasn't for the Lord. It's in a negative. Then they had swallowed us up quick. I mean, it wouldn't have taken long. When their wrath was kindled, I mean, inflamed, fired against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. I want you to see here the incredible passion of which they say this. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. And look at the person, the Lord. If God hadn't gotten in on this, if God hadn't come over and said, let me get in on this, we would not have made it. And I can say to you, you and I, we wouldn't have made it in anything we've been through in our entire lives if it had not been the Lord showing up in our lives. And, and this is not where you say, this is where I live. God, you get over on my side. That's not what that's saying. It's saying, if it had not been, they were doing what they were doing and enemies showed up and they turned to God and said, shall I go up? David said, shall I go up, Lord? Is that what you want me to do? And God would say many times, go up, you will prevail. And other times he would say, no, you need to go over here in the mulberry trees. And he would give them another plan, a plan that didn't make sense to anybody that would even look at strategies. They would say, it don't make sense, but God knows everything. We see the person and we see the period of time when men rose up against us. There, God's help was not only immediate, 
God's help was not only personal. God's help was not only his help with his great power and omniscience, all-knowing and being everywhere at the same time, but his help was in a very time of trouble. Do you remember Psalm 46 and verse 1? God is our refuge. Thank the Lord. He is our shelter. And he is our strength. He is the one that gives us the boldness and the strength and the might to keep on going. A very present help right now in your trouble. Immediate present tense. He is a very present help in time of trouble. You know what that shows me? That shows me his absolute total presence right now. That's a thought to, that to never leave. Memorize that. It's a short verse. It wouldn't take much to memorize it. God is our refuge and strength. A very present right now. He's my, he, he's my present one. A very present help in trouble. The word could also be translated distressed. It carries the idea of being squeezed into a tight place and you can barely breathe. It's a horrible time. That's why he continued on and said, Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Then there's that musical word, Selah. Think about that. Now, that goes with this verse where it says, Then we've been swallowed up quick, had it not been for the Lord. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. It would have drowned us in the very being of who we are. But God's presence was there. God's preservation of us was there. He preserved us. And God's protection was there. He protected us. Otherwise, these things would have happened. We're going to get down to this when we talk about the completed thought instead of just the conditional and contemplative thought. But he says, blessed be the Lord who hath not given us a prey to their teeth. Thank you, Lord. You didn't allow that to happen. You, you took care of us. You know, in the days of Israel, they had so many times that God had showed in, up and showed out and showed there's his strength and might to them when they needed him. You stop and think about some of the things that uh, took place. To get Pharaoh to let the people go took 10 plagues. And then he changed his mind as they were going. But God put a cloud where they could not see uh, uh, the Egyptians. And he put a fire where the uh, Israelites could see, split the Red Sea, put them over on dry land, then moved them out. And Pharaoh's army said, we'll go follow them. And they went into the sea and God let the sea drop. He absolutely protected them and was with them and drowned their army into the depths of the sea. There were times when there were things that didn't make sense. Gideon, you've got way too many men. He only had 32,000. There was like over 300,000 of the Midianites. How can that possibly be? And he whittled it down to 10,000. No, Gideon, you still got too many men. And he whittled it down to 300. And then, to make matters worse, he said, listen, 
we're going to take any weapons with us. We don't need any weapons. But here's what you do. You get every man to get a picture together, and you light that picture, and you hold it up and light up the battlefield. And every one of you get a trumpet in the other hand and blow the trumpet and make a sound. Now, let me explain a couple things about warring in that time period and the way things uh, went. Uh, it was very unusual to war at night because of the darkness and hard to, to, to see and know where the enemy was. But if it called for it, in this case, they're being told to do it by the Lord, uh, they would take one a man, would take for everybody three to 500 men, would light a pitcher. And that would just give enough light across the area to not single everybody out and to give them a way to move. And then the trumpet would sound to give uh Orders. There would be sounds that would tell them to whether to stop, retreat, head forward, and things. So they that was their communication system back in the day. And again, there were only so many that would have those trumpets. So now God's telling him, every man have a trumpet, every man put a light. So they're going to light up the entire area where all 300 of them are, and then they're going to blow 300 trumpets. In the meantime, the Midianites are asleep, and in their sleep, they hear these trumpets. They wake up, they look up, and they see the lights. Knowing how wars are fought in the nighttime, being from the same era and the same lands, they then surmise, based on the lights that I see, a quick multiplication of how many I think I see times 500, and take a look at the sound that I'm hearing from the trumpets and multiply that out, they got the idea that hundreds of thousands of people were coming down that mountain for them. And they got up, and they ran the flea. They ran into each other. They hit each other. They killed each other and took off going. God knew what he was doing. God took care of them. Then you got the children of Israel coming into the walls of Jericho. And God tells them to walk around it on day one. And then they walk around it on day two. And you got to stop and think how long that might have taken to march them all around that wall and how long they stayed and then walked back. And here's the other thing. What were they thinking inside? Because they never shot at them with arrows or anything. But in my mind, I picture people on the wall, the guards saying, here they come, here they come, here they come. And they all gather up and get ready. They get all the people with the weapons, and they're ready. And they look at them, they've got no weapons in their hands, and they don't know what in the world's going on. And they look, and they say, good grief, what is with these people? And then they leave and go away. No shots are fired. And it happens on day two. And I can imagine by about the time it gets to day three that up on the wall and in the city, they're rushing around. God's people are weird. God's people are strange. I don't know what they see in their God. They do the dumbest things. By day four, day five, in my mind, I picture a little nervousness and a little bit of tension internally. But they're still mocking God's people. But I still see, in my mind, they're, they're thinking, what's going on? There's something not right here. By the time we get to day seven, they march around it once. They march around it twice. They march around it three times. I can think at this point, they're laughing and scorning and joking outwardly. But inwardly, I'm thinking, they're thinking, I don't like this. Something just isn't right. They march around the seventh time, and then the strangest thing happens. <laughs> no weapons come out from nowhere. They just shout, and the wall comes crashing down. Can you imagine when all of a sudden the wall that they put their faith in, 
and Jericho's best on top of that wall and they're falling off of it into the rubble into the ruin all of a sudden things were not so funny and they weren't mocking and that thing they had on the inside if they were thinking that yeah would have come and God delivered them into the hands of the Israelites who would have thought that I'm telling you there are times we need to understand and realize God knows what he's doing. We cannot forget that. And so we see the Lord's protection and his presence. And he tells us, be not dismayed. I'm your God. In fact, in that verse, the first thing he says is, fear thou not. Don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. For I am with thee. If I'm here, you're okay. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. you got, you're my people. I'm still your God, okay? I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. We can't forget that. Listen, he said, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through those rivers, he said, if it had not been for the Lord, it had gone over our soul. He said, man, if you go through the rivers... They'll not overflow thee. What did he just say there? <laughs> Had it not been for the Lord, they would have overflowed my soul. What did the Lord say? When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest to the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Mm. Hallelujah. It doesn't get any better than that. Amen. We see that he has his power. He has the power to defend, the power to destroy the wicked. He can defend Israel, and he can destroy the wicked. He has the provision to do so. He has the power to do so. And in the meantime, he is meeting their precision and their provision he is meeting their needs and I'm glad my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus we see through these verses not only the contemplative thought of the Lord's presence and preservation and protection and power and provision but we see his pavilion we, when we say his pavilion, I'm talking about his place that we can be safe. And I, just no better verse than to, go to, than to go to Psalm 27. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. He's my power. Of whom shall I be afraid? Then he gives this Thing that could happen and does happen in Israel's life. He said, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Thank you, Lord. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me and this will I be confident. One thing if I desire to the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. The word pavilion 
is a wonderful, awesome word. And it has the idea of a tent. And it describes a place where a person can enter in and be undetected. And it actually kind of deals with the idea of the commander-in-chief. He would be in that pavilion in the midst of a war. And I can tell you, in the middle of the battlefield, the safest place to be would be in the tent of the commander-in-chief. But if it's the commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ, then I can promise you his pavilion can't be found by the enemy. They can't find him. Thus, the idea of a place where a person cannot be detected. He said, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. If it had not been the Lord, I could not be hid. If it had not been the Lord, there would be no way that I could do this. And by the way, it says he will hide me. It's in that stem. He will cause me to be hidden. He did it. If it had not been the Lord who was on my side, he put me in his tent, the tent of the commander in chief, where nobody can find it. <laughs> Nobody's going to find me when I'm there. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. We see here the conditional thought. If, then. We see the contemplative thought. The Lord's presence his per per preservation, his protection, his power, his provision, his pavilion. But in that pavilion, in that power, in that protection and preservation, in that provision, I find peace. I find peace. He said that it had gone over my soul, but now I'm at peace. There had been a situation I could not have, but I have peace. And that brings us to the completed thought. And I love this. And I say the completed thought because it says, Blessed be the Lord who hath. Okay, it's done. In this case, it's a negative. Who hath not given us a prey to their teeth. <laughs> the completed thought. For his deliverance, in verses 6 and 7. For his deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for your deliverance. God delivers again. When I think of that and I say that, I think of a wonderful psalm. The psalms are such incredible, wonderful psalms. And in this particular psalm, I think of all the deliverances of God. Psalm 107 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And then he talks about these scenarios. He talks about the group that when they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way, they found no city to dwell in. They were hungry and they were thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they might come to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Remember that line. 
Very important you remember that line. The next scenario in Psalm 107, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction in iron because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down. There was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them, same word for delivered, out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands and sunders. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. There it is again. Fools, number three, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. And they draw near unto the gates of death. They cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And then there's a fourth one. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up into heaven, they go down again into the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Yeah, pray they are glad because they be quiet. They are glad. Blessed be the Lord, Psalm 124, 6, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. They did not eat us up. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. They did not get them those that were trying to trap those birds those that laid that snare didn't get us if had not been the lord the waters would have gone over our soul but the like a soul our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers the snare is broken and we are escaped uh, we that's another word it's a synonym for that word escape would be released rescued or delivered God delivers again. We see the completed thought for his deliverance. We see the completed thought for our deliverer. Verse number 8 of Psalm 124. Our help, our help meet. It can be our aid, our help, or our help meet. Any of those work. Our help meet is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. The all-powerful, mighty God who is able to preserve, who is able to give us his presence and protection and power and provision and peace and his pavilion. He is our deliverer. Praise him. Bless him for his deliverance. Praise him. Bless him for being our deliverer, our Savior, our personal Savior. Father, thank you that you are a personal God and a personal Savior, that because of our faith and trust in you, we have a fellowship, and we have these wonderful things of your preservation and your presence and your protection. In your power, peace, and pavilion, we have your deliverance. May we never forget in the blessed 
wonderful, powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who made heaven and earth. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying that you have an absolutely awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.